Okay, quick. Who is the best second baseman in all of Major League Baseball? No? Need a hint? Okay. He was supposed to have been traded months ago. Okay, now we're getting a little warm, right? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. But last night I was at PNC Park watching the Pirates bounce back in a big way, take down the Reds 7-2. to Another really good start for JT Brubaker. Man, is he getting fun. And it's not just him. It's the, I was about to say the whole rotation. Not the whole rotation. It's a significant enough portion of the rotation that if you combine it with the younger portion of the Indianapolis rotation and or Altoona rotations, you come up with something that looks like a promising future. Good stuff. But, but, I am here to build the case for Adam Frazier to be that player that I described in the intro. And it is not hard. Because Adam Frazier, right now, leads all second basemen across the majors, National League, American League, with an 827 OPS. That's a 312 batting average. Home run that he hit last night, which is kind of why he's fresh on the mind. Popped one over the Clemente wall. 12 RBIs. And, of course, he is a back-to-back finalist for the National League Gold Glove at his position. Very much a self-made second baseman. Meaning that he'd been bounced around to all different kinds of positions. And, in fact, Derek Shelton still will occasionally pop him into the outfield just because he needs a certain setup. Late double switch and so forth. Adam Frazier has been out-freaking-standing in every capacity. Here's another one. Lead-off hitters. Across the board, not just second baseman. Lead-off hitters. Right now, Frazier's 827 OPS is fourth best in all of baseball. So he's a top your order. He's getting on base. He's hitting for some power. Obviously not the home runs or home run singular, but a lot of doubles, a lot of extra bases. He's fielding his position. He's being a complete pro. And right about now, Let's be honest, he and Brian Reynolds are the offense. So when the Pirates do win, which hasn't been super often of late, it's because one or both of those guys are getting it done at the plate. And he's had a terrific attitude about it. And going way back to the very first week of spring training, I was down in Bradenton, and when he came on to his Zoom call, the first one that he'd done at Pirate City this year, one of the first things that was asked was, you know, 
what's it like knowing you're going to be traded? And he was like, I don't know, I guess it's a little bit weird, but I am still here. And he is still here. Still has a really, really good attitude in general. Here's a little bit of what he had to say to us last night at the ballpark. Uh, really just trying to hit the ball. Um, feel like tonight I finally drove one there at the end, but until then it's it's been a grind trying to drive the ball to a gap. So uh, just trying to scrap a couple out and get tough out and see what happens. So that's cool, right? That's all good. That's all positive. Right up until you have to be Charrington. And here we go again with another one of these types of topics. Because every time you see a player who's even a little bit older, farewell. You have to be thinking to yourself, this is someone else who can be moved to continue building up that prospect base. Frazier is not old. He's 29 years old, and he won't turn 30 until December, so it's a legit 29. He's not that close to free agency, still has a couple years left of arbitration. And he's a really good baseball player who built himself up right here in Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh system. And you at least have to be hedging somewhat if you're Charrington, don't you? I know, I know, I know, I know. Can't take your eye off the ball, can't lose focus, can't give up on the plan in midstream, and all that other stuff. And I'll even throw into that that the Pirates' top hitting prospect is Nick Gonzalez, who is a second baseman and probably won't take all that long to get to Pittsburgh, maybe another couple of years. So there can be a temptation to say, well, we're just going to hang on to Frazier until Gonzalez is knocking down the door. But what ends up happening is, A, every year that passes or a year of control that passes, the value on the player, meaning in a trade, goes down. There's less that a team is willing to give up the closer a player comes to free agency for obvious reasons. They don't know if they'll be able to keep that player. The other one is that Frazier might not stay this good. You know, he did not hit anything like this in 2020. He is, along with Reynolds, among the five most improved players from 2020 to 2021 in terms of OPS, and good for both of them. But if you're the Pirates, if you're Charrington, do you override these things and just say, listen, I don't mind having this guy around. I know what he is. I don't have to doubt his commitment. I don't have to doubt... uh, his dedication to the team. I don't have to doubt if he would come to Pittsburgh and you know, be one of those people who would be negative about it or whine about it or that sort of thing. Not that we're in the stratosphere of thinking about that sort of thing, but it, eventually, eventually you're going to have to fill holes. 
You also know that he can play multiple positions. So even if he were to take a step back from this really high level that he's currently at, he's still and always going to bring value to your team. So do you say that instead, if you're Charrington, to yourself? Do you say, you know, kind of like this guy. I'm going to put something out there. I'm going to put some feelers out there, and I'm going to listen. But I don't know. Because you know what? That is what actually has already happened. In late December, and all through January, and all through February, by every account, Charrington did have Frazier on the figurative block. He was out there. That doesn't mean the Pirates were eager to get rid of him, but he was one of those guys, like Joe Musgrove, like Jameson Tyone eventually, who were known to be available. And no trade was made. Why is that? Well, Frazier was coming off a rough 2020. Frazier's defensive metrics... Uh, not all of them are great. He catches what comes his way, but he's not known for having, you know, Pokey Reese-type range where he can cover a ton of ground out there. Covers enough. So maybe teams didn't see him as being somebody worth giving up the kind of prospect haul that Charrington felt he should get. So now Charrington lets Frazier go into the season. They they commit Immediately in spring training, Derek Shelton did this vocally and forcefully that Adam Frazier is my second baseman. There wasn't going to be any mixing of Frazier into this competition that they were having with Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker and Eric Gonzalez at shortstop. Adam Frazier was the second baseman. To me, that was yet another sign that they were trying to move him because they were trying to allay any possible fears or doubts that would further lower the perception or lower his value. And then he's done this. And then he's done all of this. And just like Tyler Anderson and just like Richard Rodriguez, when you see these guys elevate to a certain level, I'm sorry, I don't care how methodical, how mechanical you might be as a big-time baseball executive, there's got to be a part of you that says, oh, man, not this guy. I can't do it with this guy. But I honestly believe that that will happen because this GM already had in his head very clearly over the winter that he was willing to move Adam Frazier for the right price. The only thing that's changed in the interim is that Frazier has shown the rest of baseball that he was worth that price. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you by our friends at the North Shore Tavern 
directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, right next to Mike's Beer Bar. In fact, they're kind of related. Both owned by Mike Sukich, both working out of the same kitchen. You've probably been to Mike's. If you've been to Mike's, I don't have to sell you on the quality, not just of the beer selection, but the food. And I can add that North Shore Tavern is home to Steak on a Stone, which is exactly what it sounds like. Steak is served to you on an 800-degree stone, and you finish cutting it up and making it the way you want. It's also home to the world's only, fully committed, 365-day-a-year Pirates Sports Bar. Question comes from Biagio, who says, I'm getting a little concerned with the Bucko management. Some of the moves they've made with the outfield baffle me. They probably would have been just the same by keeping Anthony Alford and Dustin Fowler. And I'm not really going to disagree here. This DFA patrol, as I've been referring to them in my print columns, is getting a little tired. And now Ben Gamble comes along and he's the latest. And I'm going to assume that's what you're referring to, in addition to all the other outfielders that have come and gone. And some are still here. And, you know, Kai Tom is here and he hasn't really impressed, even when he's impressed. Todd Frazier wasn't an outfielder, but came and gone. And, and none of these players really seem to serve much of any purpose. Uh, they don't really add to the equation. And you know what? what else is maybe a little bit disturbing for me is that they've all been to date such big swings and misses and i'm talking about in the symbolic sense never mind their actual swings and misses that you wonder if charrington and his staff need to kind of rethink the way they're analyzing outfielders because these guys that are coming here are just awful and i understand waivers are waivers dfa is dfa when you're plucking from someone else's garbage heap, this is what you're going to end up with. But it's still such a bad look, you know? That said, I have quite the different response to your question here. Because you said that you're getting a little concerned with the bucko management in the present tense. I'm here to remind you that it was the bucko management in the past tense that left this system in such a pathetic state that there's no one, no one, they could try who's younger. Not a single player, not a solitary option. You have to go all the way down to Altoona to find Travis Swaggerty, who hit a leadoff home run last night, by the way, for the curve, having a really nice start. He'll be up in Indianapolis soon enough. But there's no one. There's no one else. These guys were in place for 12 years. 
and they couldn't produce a single thing. Did you know that Starling Marte was signed while Dave Littlefield was still the general manager? Did you know that Andrew McCutcheon was drafted while Dave Littlefield was the general manager? Gregory Polanco was acquired under Neil Huntington, but without Huntington really having much of anything to do with that. Because that's just the way the Latin American system rolled under him. So what you had in the course of 12 years, 12 years, was the Huntington system produce one outfielder of significance. Oh yeah, I'm going there. Because it was Austin Meadows. And Austin Meadows came up to Pittsburgh. And Austin Meadows started hitting the ball. And he was looking really pretty good. And then they decided to sit him as part of some bizarre four-outfielder rotation. Do you remember that? And then, of course, eventually... Actually, no. Not before long. He was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays as a throw-in along with Tyler Glass now, and the other throw-in, Shane Boz, the former first-round pick, who's throwing 100 miles an hour in the Tampa Bay system, all for a handful of months of Chris Archer being hurt. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Never lose focus on what the real problems are in this organization and who is responsible for those. It's up to Charrington to clean them up, And I haven't necessarily liked all of his attempts, as I mentioned. But what a task he still has in front of him. My goodness. I appreciate the question, Biagio. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will have another one tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.